Welcome to Living Stones Church. We pray that this message impacts and touches your heart in such a great way. Enjoy the message. All right, give me a shout if you made it to Genesis 25. Good, we're going to start in verse 21. Verse 21 says, Isaac pleaded with the Lord on behalf of his wife. She, she was unable to have children. The Lord answered Isaac's prayer, and Rebekah became pregnant with twins. Come on, double for your trouble, right? Verse 22, but the two children struggled with each other in her womb. So she went to ask the Lord about it. Why is this happening to me, she asked. I, that sounds like a lot of women when they're pregnant. Why is this kicking happening? Why am I sick all the time? Why is this going like this? You did this to me, right? That's why you need to come to men's groups so you can handle that stuff. Verse 23, and the Lord told her, the sons in your womb will become two nations. From the very beginning, the two nations will be rivals. And it'll be an emergency. Thank you, Siri, for adding to that point there. One nation will be stronger than the other, and your older son will serve your younger son. Verse 24, and when the time came to give birth, Rebecca discovered that she did indeed have twins. The first one was very red at birth and covered with a thick hair like a fur coat. So they named him Esau. Then the other twin was born with his hand grasped around Esau's heel. So they named him Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when the twins were born. Oh, Isaac. I pray for you, bro. Verse 27. As the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter. He was an outdoorsman. But Jacob had a quiet temperament, preferred to stay at home. Isaac loved Esau because he enjoyed eating the wild game Esau brought home. But Rebekah loved Jacob. One day, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived home from the wilderness, exhausted and hungry. Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Give me some red stew. In verse 31, all right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as the firstborn son. Verse 32, look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me now? Verse 33, but Jacob said, First, you must swear your birthright is mine. So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling his rights as the firstborn to his brother Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. Esau ate the meal and got up and left. He showed contempt for his rights as the firstborn. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you so much for getting us through so many close encounters. God, getting us through difficult times and just at the right time, making things work and uh, taking care of us. And so, Lord, we just ask that you'd speak to us today through your word, bless us with your presence, and we thank you and give you the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Oh, my goodness. We've got uh, Drew watching from Texas. Reuben, love you, man. I'm so glad we got to hang out with your family last week. Dorothy Faraganen, glad you're watching, glad you're here. Carolyn McKinney, thanks for holding down the fort. You're amazing. We love you all so much. Phil Norman, hope you're feeling better, buddy. Appreciate you. First point this morning for my note takers. Do we have some note takers out there? Oh, man, good. Here's, our, here's the first point for the note takers. I will choose God's promise over personal comfort. Can we say that together? I will choose God's promise over personal comfort. Now, I know when you got here today, 
Some of you, some of you are new. If it's your first time, they're, they're, I'm going I'm to let you in on a little something because you might, you probably didn't notice. But for those that have been here for a while, I, I got asked, my, my favorite was when somebody said, is this a joke? And I said, kind of, kind of, because half the seats are metal and half the seats have cushions. And she's like, is this a joke? And I was like, well, kind of. See, we're, we're, in this, we're in this new series. Who's, who's like this so far since last week? We started a new series last week, and, and, and I'm excited about it. And, and I, wanna, I wanted to get into this kind of thought that, that we don't have to have everything always nice and cushy. Are you with me? It doesn't always have to be comfortable. Now, i got to be honest. It was a little bit special for me to see the metal chairs out here again because it's been years and years and years since we've had those. And if it's your first time and you're sitting in that metal chair and you're very uncomfortable, welcome to an uncomfortable church. That's who we are. But I have 250 of these chairs, so you don't have to worry about it. That's not going to be every week. It's just for fun. But you also may have noticed that we, we tore down a few things, like the stage is not built up today. We, we didn't do that. We didn't, we didn't put up all the cool curtain stuff back on the coffee shop. The, the, the tablecloths are missing. The big giant sign that says LS Kids is missing. Because you know what? It's not always about the fluff. Man, when we started this thing, we had barely nothing. I, I was out there with Chelsea. My, my knees all bummed up, and I don't, I don't, I don't slow down well. You guys, I don't. I'm not very good at it. It's taking way longer to heal because I won't stop walking on it. But anyway, now that we got that out, in the midst of it, watching my team put everything together without me is very difficult. I have a hard time with it. So I'm still walking around doing stuff, and I I get stink eyes, especially from my female pastors because they, they know I shouldn't be doing this. And so they look at me like, are you really supposed to be walking around right now? Let me take care of that for you. But anyway, but you know what? It's not necessary to worship God. It's not. Convenience and comfortability is not necessary to be in God's will. I think sometimes we're looking for the most convenient, comfortable way for God to show us that He's speaking. And a lot of times it's not that. If you're looking for comfort, you're probably going to miss it. You've got to choose God's promise over personal comfort. Listen. I, I know I can be kind of a, a little abrasive sometimes, so I apologize for that, but I don't really apologize for that because I think it helps people to grow. But in it, I know that sitting in those chairs is, is just awful, isn't it? Does anybody, anybody hate that chair? You're not going to admit it. You guys are tough. You are getting it. You are making it happen. There's more comfy chairs up here if you want to scoot up to the front. I spit on people. Anointing just falls over them. It's amazing. But, um, yeah, let's go to Deuteronomy for a minute. In Deuteronomy 31, verse 7, it says, Then Moses called for Joshua, and as all Israel watched, he said to him, Be strong and courageous. Can you say that to your neighbor right now? Be strong and courageous, for you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors he would give them. You are the one who will divide it among them as their grants of land. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Let's read that part again, too. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Listen, it's an uncomfortable season. I've got to be honest with you. When, when, uh, when our pastoral team got together and we started talking about what God was doing and, and just sensing the things of the Spirit. Listen, if you're not listening to the things of the Spirit, you're missing it. 
You're missing it. You'll be exhausted without purpose. But when you see, hear the things of the Spirit, when you listen to God, you'll start to understand that there's purpose behind the pain. I want you to enter into this place, into this next season, with the thought that God will make you strong and courageous for it. That He's going to be the one to comfort you. He's going to be the one to make it sure that you don't have to be afraid or discouraged. I'll be honest too. This, uh, I don't know what everyone believes in here, where your, your levels of belief are, but I, I do believe in a spiritual realm. I do believe that there is spiritual warfare. There are things like that. And, and kind of to tell you a little bit about that, um, I, I, I got to share, if you, ha- if you didn't hear it when Chelsea and I got back, we shared that whole thing about what happened in January and what God did. And so many impossible miracles, like the, the probability of all of that happening in one month was near impossible. But God did it all. And then we started February. And God started to say, hey, I wanted to show you why I'm so good and how I'm so good. And I've got all these things because you're going to go through this next season and it's for a purpose. And I said, okay. And we sat together as a pastoral team and we prayed over it. And we said, God, what is this purpose? And, and we got to the conclusion that less is more. That, we, that if we were to focus on the things that matter and not focus only on all the cushy things. Listen, there's a lot of cushy churches in our valley. If you need a cushy church, come and talk to me. And I will lead you on the way to find that cushy church. Because there's seasons for everything. Okay, You might need a little bit of cush right now. But if that's what you're looking for in this church, you're not going to find it. Especially right now. Does that make sense? Now, I don't mean that in offense. i got to be honest. That is uncomfortable for me as well. Because even saying those things is basically telling people, go ahead and go if you'd like to go. Well, I don't want you to go. I want to see what God can do in and through us. But it's going to take a fervor. It's going to take a new, a, new, a new anointing to come over what's coming next. God's doing some crazy stuff, and I'm excited about it. But he's also cutting pieces away so that he can grow what he wants to grow. Entering into the promises of God will require a choice. Somebody say a choice to walk into discomfort. You have to choose to walk into discomfort. Do you know that God will not make you walk into discomfort? You choose it. You choose to submit and say, God, I'm, I'm in. Let's go. You choose it. When you choose it, then you can have that strength and courage. See, when you go, all right, God told me this was coming, and I said yes, and here we go. That doesn't mean that bad things don't happen automatically. We live in a broken world. They do. But in the midst of spiritual warfare stuff, this, just this week, my 2018 pretty much brand new van decided to just stop working. Just randomly. like we were, we, we were literally on our way to go look at new church buildings, and we dropped the grandkids off at Grandma's house, turned the car off, went in the house, came back, turned it off. It won't turn on. We're like, what is going on? I had AAA come. They couldn't figure it out. They're like, I, we're, I, don't, I don't know. This isn't working. But then I take it to the, to the dealer. I, I have it sent to the dealer. And they can't figure it out either. They, they won't even call me back. It's been there for a week. I went over there on Saturday like, hey, where's my car and what's going on? We don't know. Like, I'm wondering, I'm like, where did it go? Like, who knows? In the midst of all these things. My, our, Chelsea and I's phone just stopped working one day, all, all, at, all at the same time. 
Like somebody called and said, hey, I'm trying to reach Chelsea because I'm going to a meeting and, and her phone's not working. So then Chelsea texts me and says, hey, my phone's not working. Did you pay the phone bill? I'm like, I thought I did, but let me go check, right? And so I go check and yeah, sure enough, I paid the phone bill. And then two seconds later, my phone stops working and nothing works at all. And so I prayed. How many of us, that's the first thing we should have done? So I prayed. I pulled out the anointing oil. I put anointing oil on my son's heads and on their hands before they went to bed. I prayed over them because all of a sudden I realized these things are happening for a reason. We're touching on territory that is not liked, and I'm getting retaliation. Are you with me? And so, so making decisions to do difficult things, a lot of times you're going to have retaliation because you're touching areas. Listen, if, if, if it was all about just being cushy and feeling good, we've gotten good at that. We have. We have. We've gotten good at that. But can I be honest? There's a lot of churches out there. Why aren't they experiencing the same type of challenge that I'm experiencing right now? Mm, something has. Now, am I saying we're better than any other church? Please don't mishear me. I, I, I honestly, if you're looking for a church, that, a certain type of church, come and talk to me. I will help you. It's not about Livingstone's church. It's about Jesus. It's about getting the body connected. Just because you're here doesn't mean that God meant for you to be here. Are you with me? Just because you went to another church doesn't mean you were meant to be there either, just because they have cushy seats and nice nice uh, donuts and those types of things. Are you with me? We've got to listen to the Lord and see where he leads and see what he does and see how he, he, he's putting his church together. And I believe if you're, if you're meant to be here, you're going to be a crazy person just like me. I've got a few of you. Some of you are like, I think we were supposed to go to the one next door. Uh, if I leave right now, what would happen? <laughs> it's okay. Hey, Jelena, that's my little sister. She's watching. She lives on the East Coast. So they finish church, and while they're eating lunch, she starts watching me as she falls asleep for her nap. I help her to fall asleep. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? John 14, verse 1 says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. This is Jesus talking. Trust in God and trust also in me. Trusting God can seem too simple. Can't it? Like, like when you're going through something and somebody says, well, just trust the Lord. Don't you want to just int- like lay hands on them? Are you with me? Not in a spiritual sense. Just trust the Lord. You're like, screw you, man. If I had your income, I'd trust the Lord too. Are you with me? Anybody feel me? Like if I had your marriage, I'd trust the Lord too. Hello. We got real people that go to this church. I just want to make sure. Yeah, we got real problems. Okay. I, nobody's cushy in here. No, nobody has it all together. I, I didn't see any, any sinless people walk in. I just want to make sure. I know I didn't walk in sinless. I just want to make sure we're all, we're all being real. Trusting in God can seem so simple. But somebody say simplify to strengthen. Simplify to strengthen. Simplify to strengthen. Somebody else say, I'm too close for comfort. I kind of switched the meaning of that, didn't I? You see, we think about when things fly by us, oh, that was too close for comfort, right? Uh, we, we, when uh, we were in Hawaii, we got to go to um, Pearl Harbor. And I know history-wise, I haven't experienced this myself, but I know for, for a lot of people, like maybe for a lot of us, maybe we would remember 9-11 more than we would remember Pearl Harbor, but all of a sudden war became too close for comfort. Like, now I feel uncomfortable. We just got bombed. We just got attacked. These things just happened. No one ever thought that anybody would raise their fist at the United States of America. But I tell you what, 
when, I, when I'm talking about this phrase, I'm saying we're too close to what God has for us to choose comfort. We're too close to what God has for us to choose comfort. I love that, that song today, Brad. Like, it, it hit me in a completely different way. I know we've been singing that for a couple months now, but that song just hit me in a completely different way. It's like, I don't want comfort, Lord. I want you. I want you. I want you. I want you. And, and you know what? There's this, there's this part of my flesh, thank you. There's this part of my flesh that says, but the people want comfort. Pastor, you should give the people, you should make them comfortable so that they'll come to church. Thank you, Pastor Sarah. Pastor Sarah said nope. Her, her vote vetoes yours. So, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But here's the point, though. Like, if, if we have the most comfortable church, but no one is being discipled, no one has actual personal connection where they're working through life stuff together. Are we even a church at that point? We're not. We're a country club. We're a place where people go to get a motivational speech. We don't need more of that. You want motivation, you can go online. There's much better motivational speakers than me. I promise you. I've listened to a lot of them. But here's the thing. If we want a real church, then we have to get in the nitty-gritty real life of people's lives together. we got to stop making excuses. I'm too busy. Listen, two years ago when the world shut down, you were not too busy. You chose busy. What? Who is this jerk up here talking? This can't be the lead pastor. He wouldn't say that I, I chose this over God. I didn't say that. You said that by your actions. I said that by my actions. When, when, when I'm surfing on, on, my, on my TV looking for something to watch, rather than picking up the Bible right next to me, this is your pastor, rather than picking up the Bible right next to me, did any of you force me? Did, did Netflix just turn on by itself and say, you have to watch this? No. I chose that. I chose not to be close to God in that moment. Now, am I saying that entertainment's bad? No. I'm not saying entertainment's bad. Enjoy your, enjoy your shows. What, what, do, what do you like to binge watch? Tell me right now. New girl, I don't know what that is, but what is it? Full house, awesome. Out of banks, outer banks, haven't heard of that either. What? Psych, how many shows do you watch? My goodness. She's like, are you answering for the neighbor next to you? You're like, hey, I'll tell them. Like, what are you, tell me your show too. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. I love you, Hannah, you're awesome. I love you, I love you. But we choose, we choose how to spend our time. We choose how to spend our time. Here's, here's point number two. I know, this is, this is too much, huh? Is this hard? You liking it? Okay, these are my warriors speaking up. I hear you. Point number two, I will hunger for God's will rather than personal comfort. I will hunger for God's will rather than personal comfort. The American dream is built on personal comfort. It is. It is. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having nice things. Please don't mishear me. I, I, I own my own business since I was 19 years old. I've spent time with multimillionaires. They were at my wedding. I mean, we, we've, we've done a lot of cool things. I've watched people buy brand new Ferraris with cash. Like, I've, I've done these things. I've been around it, okay? There's nothing wrong with the stuff. But what's wrong is when the stuff has you. You see, when I, when I went and hang out with my friend at his yacht down in San Diego and we hung out together, I asked him, hey, what's it like? Like, this has got to be crazy, like, to live this. Like, I've been on a yacht, but to live on a yacht, like, what's that like? He said, well, it's kind of boring, to be honest. I said, why? 
He says, well, because there's a lot of, like, single guys. Because they've lost their family seeking after wealth, and they just sit in their yacht by themselves watching TV. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. We, We trade what really matters for something that really doesn't. We trade relationships. See, we need to hunger for God's will more than personal comfort. Now, I know most of us were like, well, I don't have a yacht, so I guess I'm doing pretty good. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty miserable, to be honest with you, Pastor. I must be really blessed. Yeah, the car just broke down, so yeah, I'm on the other side of the spectrum. Hey, rich guy, look at me. You know, like, no, you're missing it too. Because personal comfort can be sometimes just, just getting on Netflix. Personal comfort can be putting, going, going to the, the fast, getting fast food. Personal comfort can be just, just the fact that you want to zone out instead of engage. How many of us are living to zone out? Like, I'm just in all honesty, right, in the human nature. Something in me and something that God did in me over this last month and over these last couple of weeks has just said, this is not okay. It is time to make a shift. It's time to make a shift and engage. Like so much so that we've, we've taken every ministry in our church and said, do we need to be doing this this way? And how much of it is adding value? Every single part. Uh, we, we would look at every single leader, every single person. How much are they really getting out of this? How much are they engaging? Yes, they're doing a great job at what they're doing, but is it necessary? How is it, are they getting the involvement with the Lord that they need, even as a leader? Like so all of a sudden you look at every part. It, is ministry and the way we think, do things important? Sure. It is. It's good. But is it the best of what God could do? Man, I wonder if, if a group of people with their hearts so on fire for the Lord and so engaged with one another, if that would shift a culture. Like we're watching this big revival happen on the East Coast. Is anybody watching that? Seeing it in the news? Pretty awesome. Thank you. Seeing it in the news? I, I, was, I made a joke to Lynette. I said, you know, if that happened here, I mean, what would happen if the kids showed up to school tomorrow and we're still worshiping? Like, just charge the bill. Just charge the bill. God will take care of it. We're, we're still worshiping in here. God can do it. God can do whatever he wants to do if we let him. If we let him. How many of us are holding on to things we should really let go of? We should really let go of. We're holding on to our ideals. We're holding on the way we think. And we should really let go. Is this okay? Matthew 4, verse 1. It says, Then Jesus, led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the, by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Verse 4, but Jesus told him, no. The scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. You see, Esau, Esau went out and was fighting and doing his thing, and he came back starving, hungry. And, and his brother said, hey, if you want this, you have to give me your birthright. You've got to give me your blessing. If you give me your blessing, I'll give you some food. And Esau, all he saw in that moment was how hungry he was. See, a lot of us, we're hungry. We're hungry, for, we're hungry for attention. We're hungry for good relationships. We're hungry to, to have better finances. We're hungry for all these things. And all we want right now is God help me get out of, uh, from underwater so I can just breathe for a minute. Is anybody with me? But we end up missing it all together because if he gave us that, we'd miss the whole point. That if we were to seek after his will, Lord, 
You know I'm hungry, and I know you can provide for me. So God, show me who you are. Show me where you're at in this. Show me what you want me to do in this situation. And you learn how to be calm in the midst of the storm. You learn how to breathe out and relax just a little bit and let God do the rest. Amen? Amen? We'll all be tempted to choose comfort over the will of God. You will. And Jesus is no exception to this. Why do we think that we wouldn't meet the same temptation? The devil says to him, you're hungry. Make, make, make those things bread. No, no. He's like, I am, I'm, I'm, if you understand what fasting is, fasting in a spiritual sense is seeking God. Like Jesus has said, I made a choice not to eat because I wanted to seek God and I want to seek his will. And in doing that, you tempting me with something to eat, you're missing it, devil. You're missing it completely because what I want is I want to hear from God and I haven't heard from him yet. So I'm going to sit here in this place and I'll be hungry and I'm going to pray, but I want to see God move. And I'm not moving until he moves. I think that happens to happen in some of our lives where we say, hey, the attack has come, but I tell you what, my God is bigger than this. And I'm not moving until he moves. Are you with me? If we do not confront our oppression, we are then giving permission for it to dictate our lives. Let me read that again. God gave me that while I was sitting at the mall with my boys. If we do not confront our oppression, we are then giving it permission to dictate our lives. I think sometimes, and church is so guilty of this, and I am so guilty of this, forgive me, I've spent too much time trying to make people feel better and love on them and so that, so that they, don't, they can feel the least amount of pain possible. And I've done, I've done that for years and years and years. And I called it a pastoral heart, just caring for people. But can I be honest with you? I was enabling people. I was enabling people to stay in their crud and be broken. I was too busy putting Band-Aids where tourniquets needed to be. Are you with me? And that's not caring for people, if we're honest. It's making them comfort, comfortable in their misery. We need to do this as a church. We need to do this for our families. We need to do this as a nation. Seeking God, saying, God, what do you say? Where are you? And what do you want to do? Thank you. And if we can do that, if we can hear the voice of the Lord and let him speak. Let him tell us what's up. Here's point number three. I'm too close to choose comfort. I'm too close to choose comfort. How close are you to the promises of God and you don't even know it? How close are you to the promises of God? I'll be honest with you. I, I would love to say that I'm always like fired up and always perfectly leading everybody with, with confidence and knowing where we're going and what we're doing. But I'll be honest with you, I'm a human being. And so a lot of times when I get beat up by things in the world and by the things of stuff around me, I'll get discouraged. Is anybody with me? I get discouraged. And then I have my awesome pastoral team, and they see when I'm discouraged. They're like, how you doing, man? Like, what's going on? Like, I'm seeking the Lord, but man, I'm just scared. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work. Are you with me? Is it okay to be honest? Because I, I, I know that even if, you're, even if you can't tell your spouse that you're scared, I know that you are. I know that you are. God knows that you are. 
You can pretend like you have it all together, but the truth is is that we're scared on on one level or another. We're scared that they're going to leave us. We're scared that our kids are going to turn into something crazy. We're scared that this nation is going to hell in a handbasket, right? We're scared looking at things. But can I tell you something? When, when we take our eyes off of Jesus for a moment, that's when you get scared. That's when you get scared. I told Chelsea, when all those amazing things happen, and guys, go back and listen to that thing. I mean, I got to meet Wayne Gretzky and have him sign my jersey. Like, it was like an angel from heaven, you guys. Like, it was just amazing. Amazing. I might mention that like every service now. I don't know. It's just like the best day of my life. But God did all those miracles to show me like, hey, when it gets hard, just know that I'm in it. Like if I'm in it in the good things, I'll be in it through the tough things. And he's treating me the same way, saying, Justin, if I just give you a Band-Aid, then you'll get by for a while. But I need to tie off some tourniquets for you, buddy. I need to tie off the way you think in these ways. I need to tie off the way you address people. I need to tie off on these things so that you can see the fullness of what I want to do in and through your life. See, how many of us are going like, God, go ahead. Do it for me. Like, I don't want another Band-Aid. I want you to fix it. Come on. I want you to fix it. I want you to fix it. I don't want to be broken anymore, Lord. I had an awesome conversation with a friend this week. And I said, Imagine, imagine, imagine not just getting by. Imagine being whole. Imagine the next time that you're standing in front of people, imagine that you are whole and no longer broken. Isn't it worth it to go through the fight at that point? Like it's one thing to function broken. Listen, I've functioned broken for a long I'm functioning broken right now. My knee's all messed up. And, and I want to I jump so bad. I want to like get all excited. I want to like run towards people, give people high fives. And I know I can't do that because I'll fall on my face. But we, there's a time to function broken. But there's also a time to be healed. Like allow God to fully heal you. Submitting to that. A lot of us were like, give me the instantaneous healing, Lord. I don't want to desire carbs anymore, Jesus. Right? Some of you are receiving that right now. You're like, that was a word for me. I'm, I don't want to desire carbs anymore, Lord. But you know what? He wants to fix you from the inside out. Not just outside symptoms. See, not just those outside desires. Not just your flesh. Listen, he knew your flesh was going to be your flesh before it was your flesh. But he's going, hey, I want to work on the matters of your heart. If I can work on the matters of your heart, you'll look at carbs differently. Because all of a sudden I'm living on so much purpose, Lord. If I were to go down that path to give me some sort of comfort or satisfaction, I know it's just going to lead to more turmoil. But if I go to you to, to look for where is the purpose in this? What do you want to do? Give me courage. Give, give me the ability to fight back, Lord. Show me how to see this differently. All of a sudden you get equipped to fight the battle instead of just comforting it or dulling it down or using a substance or, or food or TV shows or something else just to get through life. You're too close to choose comfort. You're too close to the miracles of God to choose comfort. You're too close. Too close. Got one more scripture then we'll close up. Luke 22. Jesus sets a great example for us. Luke 22 verse 39 says, Then accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not give into temptation. Verse 41, he walked away 
about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done and not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. Verse 44, he prayed more fervently and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. Verse 45, at last he stood up again and returned to the disciples only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. Verse 46, why are you sleeping? He asked them, get up and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message blessed your life in such a powerful way. Come visit us here at Livingstones Church in person at Dorothy McElhinney Middle School in French Valley, California, every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. You can also watch us online on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Church Center, or at livingstones.tv. If God is using this ministry to touch and impact your life, and you would like to consider partnering with us in your giving, you can do so by giving in the Church Center app or by going to livingstones.tv giving. We hope you have a wonderful week.